We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. What a time to be an Oklahoma Sooner fan. My name is Chris Plank, and typically... On our early week edition, we call this the game plan. Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners, will join us. T-Rowe will join us on Friday's edition. So we'll go all in, spend a good 30 minutes with Toby as we'll have a Bedlam game to preview on Saturday. And then, of course, tonight, as this drops on Tuesday morning, we'll have the Kansas State game to recap. You know, it's kind of cool. I'm excited because I get a chance to do the old two-step. I'll be heading to Manhattan with the men's team. It's a day of trip for the OU Hoops team. So they'll be leaving, uh, as a matter of fact, as, as you're probably listening to this, either have landed or on their way to Manhattan for the 8 o'clock tip tonight. And then the women's team is in Manhattan for a showdown with Kansas State on a Wednesday night. So I actually get a chance to stay Tuesday night and then help with the women's basketball broadcast on Wednesday. So uh, I definitely will get my fill of purple over the next 72 hours, but should be fun. Toby will join us on Friday's edition of The Game Plan. But we have tons of hoops coming up here in moments. Jessica Cootie will join us. And, you know, Jess has pretty much been embedded with both the men's and women's basketball team throughout the season. You can see all of her interviews at Soonersports.tv. By the time this drops, uh, we'll be 24 hours away from a really cool feature she has on Brady Manic that I think will give everyone a very unique perspective on the Sooner I guess you could say freshman sharpshooter with what Manic has become at times for the Sooners this season. And obviously there's a lot of conversations to be had about Trey Young. I 
can't even begin to tell you how much fun it is watching Trey Young, and I think everyone kind of shares that sentiment. So we'll, we'll talk about that with Jess. I will try to come up with new adjectives and new superlatives and new ways to just hopefully magnify the awe that I'm in when I watch this young man play basketball. And it's amazing to think that the talk of the basketball world is Trey Young. And I'm not just talking college basketball. This is the talk of the basketball world. If it's Steph Curry or Russell Westbrook or Paul George or anybody, LeBron James, they're talking about what Trey Young is doing. And we saw it firsthand on Saturday whenever he poured in 40 points. I mean, you have to be pulling your hair out if you're a Big 12 coach because you feel like you did a pretty good job if you're Chris Beard at Texas Tech or uh, if you're Jamie Dixon at TCU or even to a certain degree, I guess, Mike Boynton at Oklahoma State. I did a pretty good job at keeping him in check in the first half, and then he goes out and explodes in the second half. I think, what, 20 points per game he's averaging in the second half. So we'll talk to Jess about that coming up a little bit later on in the Sooner Sports Podcast. And I'm really excited about uh, our – second guest, if you will, Skip Johnson. I know that, yeah, maybe a little bit premature with the weather the way it is to talk diamond sports, but man, I'm excited for the future of OU baseball, and Skip Johnson's going to join us coming up later in the Sooner Sports Podcast, and yes, we'll ask the question that is on so many people's mind, what is the status of Kyler Murray? Many consider him to be the front runner to be the starting quarterback for Oklahoma football next year, but he's played baseball his whole career. You know, this isn't anything new. He wanted to be a two-sport athlete. A lot of people theorize that's how he ended up here at Oklahoma. Uh, he had a great – I don't want to get too carried away. He had a really good season last year as a as a pinch runner, showed some flair in the outfield, still kind of struggled at the plate, went to the Cape Cod League this summer to kind of fine-tune his game. And there's many out there that feel that Kyler's best chance for a career professionally might be in baseball. But as a college football quarterback in Lincoln Riley's system, you can't help but think of the possibility. So we'll ask Skip Johnson about Kyler Murray's chances of being back on the baseball team and kind of what that might look like uh, look like as the uh, Texas product, as I guess you could say, the man that's pretty much in line to replace Baker Mayfield will have a competition with uh, Austin Kindle. So I, it's it's an interesting conversation Beyond just this baseball team and the tons and tons of talent they have coming back with the offseason that Steel Walker had, but also it blends two sports, football and baseball. And we usually celebrate two-sport athletes, but when it's a quarterback, how do you react to that? I'm loving it. I'm excited for it. I can't wait for you guys to hear Skip Johnson. So what do you say we get after it on the game plan here on this Tuesday morning to get you set for a busy week in Oklahoma Sooner Athletics? All right, joining us right now on the show is Jessica Cootie. You might know her from, well, I mean the hundreds of appearances she's made on this podcast. Also, Soonersports.tv, Fox Sports Oklahoma. You name the Oklahoma Sooner event, she's there. You name the story, she's telling it. And we're going to kind of add to that a little bit. And we're breaking news. We are breaking news here today on the Sooner Sports Podcast because, Jess, we have two regular podcasts that we produce here on the Sooner Sports Podcast with Toby and myself typically here on Tuesdays with a game plan and then, of course, the tailgate on Fridays. But we are adding to that, and you and Meg McDonald are taking off with your own podcast. Excited to kind of break the news here. Tell us all about it. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. You know, I mean, I think 
you know, um, this has been something that I've been trying to figure out how I can get involved with for a couple years now. Um, I love podcasts myself. I, I like listening to your podcast that you put up with the um, on the Sports Network show, on the Cedar Sports Network So I was, um, you know, I wanted to get involved somehow. And so, you know, Meg and I shared office, and there's a lot of times we might have a discussion or, you know, some sort of um, – conversation that might last 30 minutes to an hour on some sort of you know hot topic that's happening now and it's just like you know that'd be that would be kind of cool we and then I, then I started thinking about the seasons that we're in and, and you've got you know the softball coming up and then you've got gymnastics about to start today and then you're right in the middle of women's basketball and you think about you know the, those three coaches those three head coaches alone and I don't know if you can find a more prominent and influential trio of college coaches in at one setting. You know, uh, when you when you talk about Sherry Cole and um, KJ Kendler and Patty Gasso, and so I thought it'd be kind of a cool way that maybe we could highlight more of the women um, at OU and maybe not make it so much X's and O's, but more so you know discussions and conversations and talking about you know their journeys and their inspirations, but then also maybe if there's some sort of a really hot topic that's, that's a, you know, that's a big discussion throughout the week. Maybe we get their thoughts on that. And, you know, with, you know, as well as anybody about Coach Gasso and, and, you know, how you love to hear her kind of talk about certain issues and stories. And, and I think it's the same way with KJ Kindler and Sherry Cole, of course. Um, so I just thought it'd be kind of a cool platform to allow, um, you know, to open up some discussion with some of these very prominent women, you know, in, in the, field of sports and you're talking about coaches that transcend OU and Norman Oklahoma and really reach across the country I mean coach Gass is coaching team USA and you look what coach Kendler's done and then of course Sherry Cole and you know her impact on women's basketball being a hall of famer as well so I just thought that would be kind of neat but then it kind of expanded on that and and there's so many unique and cool jobs that um women at OU hold like you talk about Annie Hansen and, and being the director of recruiting for the OU football team we're hoping to get her on for you know a show and and um, you know then then you even go beyond that and you talk about some of the prominent athletes that we've had like Lauren Chamberlain she's signed up to come on already so you know I just think maybe exploring a little bit more of um, a, a discussion type based type podcast with some of the prominent women that have been involved with OU athletics. We'll talk a lot about it as we get closer to the debut episode, but we're scheduled now for the first episode to drop on January 24th. The plan is for it to fall on Wednesdays, which will give us a pretty cool lineup, I think, for the Sooner Sports Podcast because you have Toby and I on Monday, then you and Meg on Wednesday, and I have my show on Friday. And then also we have started adding the Sooner Sports Talk show, which you can download on Friday. So a little bit of something for everybody. Now, this doesn't mean that you're done coming on the podcast with me, right? You'll still slide on every now and then, won't you? Absolutely, of course. Yes. And, um, you know, I think that's what's neat about this whole ordeal. When we got you involved with the discussions, you were so excited about it because I think it's something that, you know, it's all going to be underneath the same umbrella. We're obviously all the Sooner Sports Podcast, and we're all kind of one team like we've always been. It's just we're just adding another one, and I feel like we can all be involved with all three or whatever needs to be, whatever the 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 need is for that week, we can all kind of get involved. And it's been awesome, the support that 
you know, you've given us and then Toby's, you know, on board with. And so that's what I think is really cool is how supportive everybody's been about this. It's not like we're, you know, taking anything away from you. We're adding on and, and able to kind of cross promote and kind of be a, an addition to each other's kind of, and, and you're going to help us out. And, you know, hopefully we can help you out too. That's what I think is kind of cool about it all. January 24th, we'll be talking about it a lot between now and then. Uh, when we get our name officialized and we get all of our fun stuff surrounding it, Jessica Cootie, Meg McDonald with a, a podcast that's focused on uh, women's sports and some of the great uh, female coaches and, and student athletes we've had at the University of Oklahoma. I love it. Speaking of that, you were front and center yesterday. I know that that was a tough one for Sherry Cole and the OU women's basketball team, and I think it makes it even more frustrating, Jess, because of how well this team played in the first quarter. Maybe even you spread it out, and they only had an eight-point second quarter. But at halftime, they're right there within striking distance. I mean, they put 22 on the board in the first quarter, then combined to put 16 on the board in the second and the third quarter. Baylor's really good, but Ana Anusa had a big game. You just you can't help but lament some missed opportunities yesterday. Yeah, and I think they feel like that. And, and it's, it's not just in that game. You go back to Bedlam. Uh, Oklahoma State, they had one bad quarter. Other than that, they were right there with that team and, you know, played very well the three other quarters and matched them. And um, so, yeah, I think they feel like that's kind of a little bit of a frustration um, that's kind of been a little bit of a trend when they have lost games is they've just kind of let down or, or had struggles in one quarter. And so uh, you got to be encouraged by the first half, and that's what Coach Cole said after the game, how encouraged she was at halftime. Um, with how they played and how they were right there and, and on both ends of the floor. And then, um, yeah, just, just kind of got just completely cold from the outside and, and you know, did not shoot the ball well. And, you know, that, that's – how rare is that shooting performance from Gabby Ortiz? I mean, she is, doesn't go two for eight or two for nine very often from three. You know, she's going to hit more shots than that. And, and Maddie had a off game as well. And so – yeah, you, you you like to have that one quarterback, and you'd like to have um, maybe uh, those two play a little bit different, and maybe it's a different outcome. But I was certainly encouraged and thought, man, they played really well there in that first half. And if they can find a way to play like that for four quarters, they're going to still have, you know, success throughout the rest of Big 12 play. Even if you want to be a glass half empty person, how can you not get excited about the future of Ana Anusa? And I mean, I have I have been in awe of her stroke since the moment she stepped on campus. Jess, we were talking about her as soon as she or you were talking about her as soon as we were allowed to when she signed about the potential difference that she can make. Boy, she's going to have something to say about the sooner. She is and the Big 12 for years to come. Yeah, and, and I um, watched a little bit of the broadcast. Um, I went to the game, but then I watched a little bit of it at the beginning. And, um, you know, Brenda, who was on the call, who does some of our games as well, she's one of the best, you know, in the country. And she calls Big 12 all over for Fox. She she does all big, lots of Big 12 games. She goes all across the country calling games. And she made a comment last night about, you know, you're watching – three of the best, if not the best, three freshmen in the Big 12 Conference on the floor tonight, and two of them wearing an Oklahoma uniform in Ana Yanusa and Shayna Pellington. And, you know, she knows. She's the one she's seen. She night in and night out covers the Big 12 Conference. So for her to call out, you know, those two as being two of the best this year as a freshman, 
I think that, you know, again, speaks very highly about the future of this program. And then they just signed a, one of the best signing classes that they've had in years. Got a lot of um, impressive players coming in. But, yeah, you I, and, and we're going to get to talk a little bit more about Shayna, I feel like, uh, probably maybe on Wednesday after this feature drops. But you want to talk about a ceiling that's really, really high. And we talked a little bit about her last week. But, you know, just the, her athleticism and, you know, her speed and um, – you know, having to transition between playing um, international roles and, and FIBA-type uh, basketball and, and how Canada plays to the Division One level has been an adjustment. And then you talk about being a freshman that's so far away from home. I think you're going to see leaps and bounds improvements for her, improvements in her between her freshman and sophomore year. I think her ceiling is so high. And then we've already seen how special Anna Yanusa can be. So, yeah, I think the future is really bright. Trey, three for the tie. No way! Dropped out of the ceiling. We're tied. Young, 12 seconds. Goes right to the elbow. Pump fake. Got his man in the air. Kick corner. Three. James for the lead. Good! With six seconds. With six seconds. Two-point Sooner lead. And a timeout, TCU. We needed overtime. Sooners win at 102-97. Trey Young, 40 points. And for the sixth time in 10 weeks, he's the Big 12 Player of the Week. His six honors have already tied Blake Griffin for the most in a season by any Big 12 player. I have run out of adjectives and superlatives, Jess. So what what more can we say? I mean, it's just unbelievable to watch. Like, it's just – it's so impressive. I I, I mean, I – out of adjectives too. It's funny. Um, yesterday, Ben Golda Jelly, the SID for men's basketball, called me. He's like, "Hey, are you at the women's game? Could you help me out, buddy? Hill's going to be at practice. Could you maybe go get some um, some pictures and videos?" So I was like, "Sure." You know, so I put on my SID hat for the day yesterday. And um, but while I was kind of waiting around for Buddy, I was you know talking to Trey. I said, "Boy, that was fun yesterday. It was like so much fun." He's like. <laughs> That feeling, he's like when when you just feel like everything is going in. There's just there's just no nothing like it. And I mean, there really isn't like it's you know. I mean, not saying I've ever had a game like that, but like <laughs> when you feel like you can't miss, like it's just like. And that's how he felt, and that's how it looked like he felt, you know. And so I thought that was kind of cool that he was saying, you know, I just felt like everything was going in, and it was. But you know, he's like you just left your hand, and it just. It's like in the baskets and ocean, you know, and and um, so he was he he was said how much fun that was, yeah, that on Saturday, and you know, hearing Buddy talk about Trey, and and hearing, you know, how he everyone's asking him about Trey in the you know in the NBA, people come up to him and ask him about him, like you know, players that on opposite teams are asking him about Trey. I just think it's kind of cool how. Trey's really gotten the attention back to Norman, Oklahoma, and this basketball program again, and. You know, it's not just um, you know college basketball that's really paying attention to him. It's it's he's wowing everybody. He's wowing the entire nation, and anybody who has any kind of inkling of interest in the sport of basketball are tuning in to watch him play. And that was what Buddy said: is yeah, what Trey's doing is unbelievable. But the guys around him are yes. are doing their part as well. They've got so many different weapons. It's pick your poison, and you know they're he's getting people open and he's he's passing the ball. And he's like, that's one thing I love about Trey's game is. You know, there's no better passer in college basketball. And he's just as excited, and, and this is coming from Buddy, you know, he's just as excited to get his teammates involved as he is to make those big shots. And so I thought that was kind of neat, kind of what we've been saying about Trey and, 
Um, it's cool that, you know, one of the best players to come through here is, is recognizing that and another one of the best to come through here that, you know, with Buddy or with Trey, it's more than just scoring. It's it's the way that he loves to get his teammates involved. And that's what I think is just as fun to watch when when you sit down and watch him play. Yeah, those, those threes that he pulls up are just electrifying. But it's also the way he gets so many people involved and how his team loves to play around him, too, that I think makes it just, just so much fun to watch. I don't, I don't know if I've, you know, obviously, and, and Matt Archibald and I were talking about this team compared to like the the buddy Ryan and Isaiah year, and you there's nothing to replace, or you, there's nothing that you can say about that can match three senior leaders like that. You just don't get that in college basketball much. And guys that had started together with Jordan Woodard, um, you know, for how many games? 108 is what it ended up. You don't get that, and so there's there's the element about that that maybe you don't get. But as far as just being exciting to watch, I, this team's right there with that team for me. And I would also – I think that's a really good point, Jess. But for those that have lived in Norman, you've kind of had Trey Young as part of your basketball life with what he did for uh, for his high school career and what he did at Norman North. So that's a really cool comparison. By the way, one, one final note. I, I'm glad you mentioned getting teammates involved because he officially finished with seven assists, and we know how this can be. Maybe in a couple of days an eighth might be added – but he very easily could have had, what, maybe 14, 15 assists on Saturday as well. I mean, it's just – it's amazing how he's able to pass guys open. That's it's, – it's like that every game. And, you I mean, again, players aren't going to make every single shot Absolutely. he can make. Right. But, but the way that he finds guys and, – and even and – and Buddy mentioned that, you know, he's, he's averaging 10 assists a game, but yet – there's several times where his teammates are missing shots that they probably should be making. And so, you know, maybe you add, I feel like that's every single game you could easily add, um, you know, five, six assists to, to that total, which is what's even more incredible is that you're looking at a guy that could very easily be averaging 15 assists a game. All right. And then I think what makes me like, I still just, I've this my whole life. I've, I've not understood this, but I get it, but I don't like, then you don't count an assist as when you get a guy to the free throw line. You know, you get a guy wide open, and the only way to stop him is just to completely, absolutely hammer him. So then they go to the free throw line, make two free throws, but that doesn't count as, as an assist, you know? So right. I don't, I mean, I, I get why it's not, but I still, I've had this argument so many times, especially with Trey. Like, how many times does he get his teammates to the free throw line, you know? And that doesn't count. So then you look at that, and, and, so I, it just—it's—it's it's really incredible how how he gets his teammates involved and how much they they appreciate that. So thanks to Jess. Obviously, be looking for that Brady Manic feature, but also be looking January twenty fourth. That's January twenty fourth. Jessica Cootie, Meg McDonald, and kind of a unique perspective on OU athletics. And excited to hear Coach Cole, Coach Gasso, and Annie Hansen. Going to be a going to be a fun podcast. Going to be one that you definitely won't want to miss and boy I, you know you're thinking about Trey Young just one final thought before we segue to Skip Johnson you're talking about a guy that every time the ball leaves his hand you feel like it's going to go in there's not a moment even when he steps across half court and launches one from the OU logo or wherever we are on the road <laughs> the logo you have a good feeling about it and it's just it's incredible what this kid has done it's incredible that he's a true freshman, and it's awesome to see how he hasn't allowed that 
that, that, that talk, that buzz, that hype consume him. And he's maintained his focus and has been all about his teammates. So it'll be fun to see him in action tonight against Kansas State. We'll recap with Toby Rowland and preview Bedlam coming up on Friday's tailgate. Well, I, you know, I talked a lot in the open about the conversation centering around Kyler Murray and what his future might be as a member of the OU baseball team. But one thing we feel pretty good about is that future of the OU baseball team. Skip Johnson is the new boss of the Sooners. We are right around the corner from the start of OU baseball, which is, what, the third week in February whenever the Sooners hit the road. I mean, you talk about a pretty cool trip to start the season. I mean, a lot of people were envious of me last year and obviously the entire softball team whenever their opening trip was to Mexico, Puerto Vallarta. But on February 16th, the Sooners baseball season gets underway with the bash on the beach in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Home opener right around the corner, February 21st. We welcome in Skip Johnson, the new head coach of the OU baseball team. And Skip, before we got going a little bit in depth on this team and your roster and talking some Kyler Murray, I'm just kind of curious, what really ignited your passion for baseball? As you sit here, new head coach of the OU baseball program, when you look back on your love for passion and your desire to teach and to be a coach, what kind of started your passion for baseball? I think, you know, I was in the Little League and uh, uh, um, I played. I was I was 12, actually, and my, my best friend's Tim Tadlock at Texas Tech. He was 10, and we kind of started in baseball growing up together, and I was always two years older than him. And I got the opportunity to go to Ranger Junior College on a $50 scholarship. <laughs> And uh, uh, it's, it's kind of funny. We talk about it, and there was 133 guys out there. And uh, you sit there, and you're like, wow. And we we run 60-60s, run four miles. Next day, there was 90 guys. And we had a five-team league. And I ended up making that club. And then my mom lost her job. She worked at Safeway. My dad lost his job. He worked at Bell Helicopter. We didn't have a lot of money. And I had a full scholarship to go to North Texas. I played on the last team that North Texas played. And I kind of, you know, I stayed at home and I, and I played there. And then they dropped the program. It's like I, I grew up at Ranger. I found out how tough it was. And uh, uh, I get something taken away from me. And then I, then I got to go to Pan American, something real far away. And I kind of learned when I walked in there uh, what really what baseball was about, more about the mentor mentorship of Al Ogletree and Reggie Treadaway understand how they they taught, you know. And then I got the opportunity to go to Navarro uh, from Bob McElroy and Keith Thomas. Keith Thomas actually played football at OU. And uh, I got the opportunity to coach there and kind of was, you know, in junior college, you didn't have to win. It was all about uh, um, it was all about just going out and performing and teaching the guy how to, how to, how to, uh, how to, you know, go through a program right. and teach him mechanically. And then, you know, I get the opportunity to go to Texas and I never, you know, it was about the pressure of the game. <laughs> you know, I learned how to, the toughness from Ranger. I learned the teaching part by doing it, you know, hands on at Navarro. And then I get to, uh, uh, um, I get, I get to Texas and it was about the pressure. I mean, the watermark was to go to Omaha every year. It was detail oriented. And then I get here last year and um, I, I come to find out it was about details, yeah. making sure your, you know, your details and getting the opportunity to get the head job at the University of Oklahoma is a blessing. I mean, you look at the pride and the uh, uh, the, uh, 
the history of this program is 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 great. And you know, with Enos Seymour coming back, Stan Meeks, he's always been a mentor of mine because he's a pitching guy. I mean, those guys were uh, important to me growing up through it and watching um, and getting the opportunity to carry the torch at the University of Oklahoma is just a blessing. I mean, you know, I always always said, you know, I'm here, I'm renting it. That's all I'm doing, and I want to make sure the tradition, the pride is taken care of, the toughness uh, as we go through this deal. And, t- and today's baseball is a little bit different than it was even 10 years ago. It's not as far off as you might think. Friday, February 16th, the Sooners open up in Myrtle Beach against Indiana, the home opener, uh, a little less, a little more than a month away against Abilene Christian. What's the schedule, Coach, now? Uh, do you get the guys back on Monday? Have you already been able to work with them? I know fall ball had wrapped up. So from that gap between the end of fall ball and, and today, what's what's been the plan? What's been kind of the work like for the guys? Good question. I'm glad you asked it because a lot of people don't realize the uh, – the ramifications behind our uh, uh, practice schedule and our schedule. I mean, on the 16th or on the 15th, we'll start uh, uh, individual practices. That means we have two hours a week with them. That's okay. it. Wow. Until the 26th, until the 26th, and then we have 20 hours, and we have to give them a day off. And so, you know, you those guys have got to do a lot of work on their own. When they get done, we got done – Roughly around November the fifth or the sixth, we always I always want to get done before the opening uh, weekend of deer season because I like a deer hunt. <laughs> so uh, uh, I want to make sure that we get done before November and December, and and so they have a little time off, and then they get their throwing schedule, their workout schedule, you know, right at the end of finals, and then they got five weeks to get ready to come back, and then we've got, you know, let's see from. The 16th, we have in four weeks to get ready to play a game, you know, that, that we have to win. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, the, the the getting ready part is a little harder because you've got some time constraints that you have to deal with. And those kids have got to spend a little me time on it. What I call – what we call me time is spending their, their, their own time on their own skill set. So, you know, we kind of try to make sure they understand that through the fall – what their skill set, what their skill set is, uh, their strength, whether it be in uh, 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 their their uh, routines and their hitting, the routines that they're pitching, whatever. It's kind of a, a prescription and a dosage we give them. Skip Johnson is our guest. You can get Sooner baseball tickets right now at SoonerSports.com. Everyone uh, talks about Steel Walker, and understandably so. USA Baseball had a great offseason, and we talk pitching. It starts with Jake Irvin and Devin Perez. But I'm, I'm really intrigued by Dylan Grove, Coach. I think he has dynamic stuff. How have you seen him progress from fall now and getting ready to hopefully help out this team this year? Well, Dylan walked one guy in the wow. fall. So, you know, that was the great thing. And you could see his confidence grow as he went through that. Um, I mean, there's no doubt. You look at Still Walker in the, in the year that he had, he's going to show some big leadership. Uh, Devin Press showing big leadership coming back, you know, being unselfish by signing a, a contract for a, not a lot of money and really being selfless and coming back and graduating from uh, uh, the University of Oklahoma, which is a great thing. And then you look at Jake Irvin and those guys. I mean, there's a lot of we have a, we have nine junior pitchers. Wow. I mean, I don't. I mean, that's a lot of pitchers. So it's a uh, uh, um, it's a good thing, but it's also a thing that you in, in baseball everybody wants to play, and 
and we're all good friends and everybody's fired up for the team until you make the lineup out. <laughs> then you got to understand your role. You know, I mean, it's a, uh, that's the thing that we talk about, you know, commit, uh, commitment to team, uh, 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 work ethic and attitude. I mean, that, those things are very important in our program. And uh, uh, so we, we, we talk about it a lot. You got to be selfless and you got to have a positive attitude. I gave them the book called the positive dog by John Gordon this, uh, this past fall. And we'll do some things to do some team building going into the spring. Uh, Skip, leadership is always something that I think is talked about. It starts, obviously, with a head coach, but you need those guys to set the tone on the field. And, you know, you have a handful of guys. I mean, you mentioned in a Jake Irvin and a Steel Walker, but I was I really dug what I saw as far as a, a leadership and a development from Kyle Mendenhall last year. Here is a guy that actually showed a little pop last year, but how do you think he he fits in this year as one of the leaders for this team? He had a great – had a, he's big – I mean, the presence that he shows – He's not going to go around screaming, yelling. He's more of a uh, a leader by the, his work ethic, and the the presence he showed this fall was tremendous. And uh, it was it really was. He he got he gained a lot of confidence from Van Hook and Overcash on his approach, and really bought into really was really selfless, uh, selfless, and bought into their their teaching. You know, we we talk about discipline, focus of intent on doing the right thing, even though it's uncomfortable. A lot of times when you're a senior and you come back and you've, you've been stuck in your ways, anything that uh, another coach can tell you is uncomfortable. Right. He was pretty selfless, yep. and he overcome that, and he was, fo- and he was focused. His defense has is, is, uh, always been good, and uh, I think that's a, a great thing from, from uh, uh, Mindy's deal. I mean, his leadership's always going to be – it's going to be a quiet leadership. It's going to be taking a guy in a corner of the dugout, going, "Hey, look, this is what this. We got 56 games. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint." And I think that's where the leadership, how Mindy is going to use his leadership. Uh, you know, it's it's always kind of tough to get a gauge on the newcomers because, I mean, for for the most part, uh, you had a little bit in fall, and now obviously you're looking at a situation to where you'll finally see him in true game mode. But everyone seems to be raving about Cade Cavalli, coach. Uh, has he stood out, and who are maybe some other of these newcomers are going to catch your eye here in a few weeks? Yeah, Cade stood out. I mean, you're going to look. I mean, he's six foot four, two hundred and thirty pounds. <laughs> I hope he'd stand out. But, you know, <laughs> but he he's he's. He had a really good fall on the mound. He's got big league pop. Um, the presence and the calmness, because he's very, very competitive. When he gets hit in the mouth, as the separators, when he gets hit in the mouth, if he can main, maintain self-control. And uh, uh, that's going to be the big deal with, uh, with Cade. He had, had a really special fall. Tyler Hardman, a kid we got from California, a special hitter, uh, really laid back, gets in there. Uh, kind of a bad ball hitter, what's what makes him, you know, when I was at Texas, we had Brandon Belt was kind of the same way, but Tyler's a right-handed hitter. Um, uh, the the guy that had a really good fall was uh, uh, Prater out of Bing, and he's, uh, it's going to it's gonna be fun to watch him because he pitches with uh, a lot of emotion, a lot of passion, uh, a lot of fist pump. You know, he, he, he brings that to the field. Uh, if he can if he can bottle that up and not get outside himself, you know, I think that's going to be a, a big deal for him. Um, I think those things are really those three guys really stood out really a lot in the fall.
You know, Toby was trying to get me to 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 get you to unveil the lineup here today, which I know you're a long <laughs> you're a long way off in deciding. But I mean, obviously, every single uh, Oklahoma fan is curious about Kyler and whether or not you are planning on him being on the diamond this year. What's kind of that plan and process like if Kyler Murray uh, is going to be a part of the team, and how do you perceive his role if he is? Well, we met with Lincoln yesterday, and 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 the, of course, you know how Lincoln is. He's he's a really good guy. And, and we're just trying to get on the same page of communication with uh, Kyler. So, yeah, he is going to play baseball. And uh, uh, and as we go through this, the lineup is – the first lineup is going to be we're going, I'm going to stick it in my cowboy hat, and I'm going to have, you know, 11 names in the first nine names I pull out. That's that's going to be the lineup. That's how, that's how my dad had to pay his bills when he got laid off, and that's kind of how I always do my lineup now. Just kidding, but uh, – <laughs> I think I think uh, uh, looking at it, you know, I mean, still Walker hitting the middle of it, Briley Wero hitting the middle of it. Uh, you, you know, Men and Hall is going to be at the top of it. You know, you look at those guys that, uh, uh, and then you got to figure out what kind of pressure Kyler uh, you want to put on Kyler or not, lead him off because you know I'd rather hit him down the, down the order if he plays. Then you look at uh, uh, the two freshmen. Um, Ben Cavalli and Hardman, uh, you know, those two guys, mix them up. We're not putting a lot of pressure on them. And then Dom Dorenzo, you're, you're just trying to make the, the make, make the roster as uh, uh, consistent as you can, whether it be in right, left, right, left, or guys that are contact guys, guys that power guys, or really depending on what the environment tells you to do. You tell me. You tell me that guy isn't awesome. You hear Skip Johnson talk. What do you want to do? You want to go run through a wall. Now, I don't necessarily know if that's good in baseball, <laughs> but I'll do it. Hey, sign me up. I love this dude, and I think he's going to be great for OU baseball. And if you're a fan, get your tickets now. That first weekend series at home starts February 23rd with a showdown with Holy Cross and Valpo. And, of course, the entire season gets underway. On February 16th. Should go ahead and mention as well, uh, as softball is right around the corner, I hope to have Coach Gasso or JT on right around the corner. The OU softball team will get going the week before. It's February 9th where the Sooners will have a five-game weekend in Phoenix, Arizona at the Grand Canyon Uni. Uh, Grand Canyon University, our uni, kickoff tournament. A lot of fun games. We'll be on the road with the Sooner Radio Network. And then it's a road trip to New Mexico to take on New Mexico State, Boston U, and Ball State as part of the Troy Cox Classic. So we're in the midst of basketball season. Things are pretty incredible with the top five team for the Oklahoma Sooners. Spent a lot of time talking about it with Jessica Cootie, but can't help but get excited about the two-time defending champ OU softball team and what Skip Johnson is building with this baseball program. As always, I appreciate you downloading the podcast. Thank you so much for subscribing and sharing the word. Again, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Art19, whichever way you go about subscribing to podcasts, we have you covered at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And January 24th, new podcast debuting with Jessica Cootie and Meg McDonald. It should be a fun addition to the network. And I also wanted to add, thanks to our good buddy Tom Bowman over at Learfield, what a cool idea this was. We are adding Sooner Sports Talk to the podcast channel. So in other words, if you miss – during the football season, Lincoln or Riley. If you miss during the basketball season, Lon Kruger and Sherry Cole with their show on Thursday night, it will be available for download on Friday morning at the same time we release the tailgate. 
How fun is that? Everyone have a great week. Again, Toby Rowland will be back on Friday. Thanks to Jessica Cootie. Thanks to Skip Johnson. And most importantly, thanks to you, Sooner Nation. We'll see you back here on Friday. Until then, tell a friend and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.